0: Rad Radio presents the Rad Probcast. Get it? It's a podcast hosted by a guy named Rob. So it's a Probcast. Very clever. And now, here's your host, a guy named Rob. My guest for the Probcast is Gary, Don's husband. Hey, what's going on, Rob? Hi, Gary. And I actually had to uh, bribe him with alcohol in order to do this. Uh, because you know Why else would we Want to sit around And talk as friends So we actually have A, a bunch of uh, Bourbons and whiskeys Nice And I like scotches you, By the way Do you care about the difference Between Not bourbon? Really. Yeah I, No I know there is one. Okay, so so we have um, we're going to start with Mictors, mm-hmm. but this is the low end Mictors. that I think this is your go to daily scotch. That's yeah, that is my yeah. everyday scotch. Which me too. Um, but we just we both discovered this on Billions. Yeah, Who, did I buy it first or you? Uh,
1: you bought it first, actually. You, you saw you saw that's what Axe was drinking on the show and said, I need to try
0: that. Yeah, and, and it uh, and and people remember we posted some pictures of. The, probably the most hysterical night we've had in the last five years <laughs> of uh, you and I and our wives and another couple drinking way too much scotch, ending with a night of Mictors. Yeah. Uh, which for some reason you decided to add milk into your Mictors. Yeah, the good I, I, Mictors. Yes. Not, not this Mictors. I, I, there was, I have no
1: recollection of that happening <laughs> outside of the pictures. You really don't remember it? No, I do remember do, it. But do you remember I, why you I, thought
0: I, pouring milk into them? Because I don't remember I, what. There are parts of the end of that night that I don't remember I don't even know how the milk got on the table in the first (laughs) place We were drinking
1: whiskey Was somebody having coffee? Were the girls having coffee? Maybe. And I thought I, maybe there was some that spilled on the table or something. And I ended up wiping it into the glass and then drinking <laughs> it off the table.
0: Because, well, all I remember is so. So like this, the, this first Victor, this is like, what, fifty five dollars a bottle. Yeah, about fifty five. Yeah, and, and it's probably the best bang for the buck. Hundred percent. But the the super duper mictors is that that and that's the one, of course, that axe drinks on billions, which is a show on Showtime um, with Paul Giamatti. That's just great. Um, that's like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, and and so after you did that, and we were all hammered, Well, the four, the three guys were hammered. You were like, well, I can't waste it, and so you still drank it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where I was. I'm not gonna waste $500 scotch. So
1: the, I I do notice though, I haven't been invited back for for the uh, good michter since. Uh, but see, you're
0: here. But now I'm here. So yeah. So a, a little start. This so we start with what we're used to, and then we'll work our way through uh, the rest of the scotches. Uh, and we were actually gonna do this with cigars. As yeah. well, and do it out on the patio, but it is uh, literally, and I don't think I'm exaggerating here, a billion degrees right now. That's exactly what it said on my truck when I was driving up to the house. Which it is, said one billion degrees. Yeah, that's amazing that you got here, yeah. that your tires <laughs> yeah. didn't melt. Um, but it, it, Well, it's, they're good years, so. Well, okay, there's our first plug of the day. Um, but it's so, that's the last thing I want in my mouth. Well, Second or third Se- to last yeah. thing that I want in my mouth yeah. when it's a billion degrees yeah. is a, is a cigar. So we'll, we'll do this again in the fall or whatever. All right. So sounds good. First up, this is our, our this is our regular. And by the way, this isn't a podcast about scotch. Although we'll be happy to chime in about. Oh, that's just so good. It it just absolutely it is. The flavor is amazing. It's smooth. How often do you drink? Because mm,
1: you know I drink every day. It's a lot less than I used to probably it's a
0: lot less yeah i thought i thought it had increased since the pandemic no no it, it should have but for whatever reason it didn't so what would you guess be once a week
1: on the high end once a week on the
0: high end once a week
1: yeah and is that is that like a friday saturday night thing with the wife or it's just it's actually just whatever day of the week it feels like i really need to have a drink I and know, is, it, I, it, is yeah. it usually scotch these days it is yeah, yeah. it's basically all i have and we uh we have some tahoe blue in the house as well but for the most part, I go to the Scotch That's
0: the second plug Although at least Tahoe Blue is an actual sponsor of the right. show um, Alright, so speaking of the wife Let's start with this one How do you feel about the dum-dum thing? It doesn't bother me at all It never it's bothered you? Never, not even once that's, Well, that's 20 years, right? It is, yeah And it doesn't come up as much now No uh, but, but, but it used to come up a lot It still comes up now Yeah And it, 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 <laughs> it does seem to legitimately still bother Dawn
1: yeah, I don't know that Not it bothers. Her. I don't know that it bothers as much. I think she does some overacting for the show for the entertainment purposes. Um, but yeah, no, it does. She she doesn't like it still. When you call us that, call
0: me that. But is it, um, is it because it spills over into real life? Or at least it used to. At times, I know there were occasions where people would yell out "dumb, dumb." Yeah, which, uh, maybe. Yeah, which they most of them are being nice, I I'll, think. But. Yeah,
1: but even then, when people would say it in public, she was—I mean, she was always really nice to everybody, still, no matter what. And then, um, and I, yeah, I just don't know that. I—I I honestly don't know how much it bothered her. I think it did because she doesn't like anybody calling me dumb, for that matter. And for me, the way I look right. at it is—is. Is, You know, if if you're my
0: friend and you're not insulting me, then there's something wrong with our friendship. So. So that's actually a perfect lead into the other obvious question, which is being the spouse of somebody that's on the show, Um, because you have to. Well, you don't have to listen, but you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people listening. Know the etymology of we go back actually further than you and Don do. Yeah. The, that you were listening to my attempt at a show in Reno back, mm-hmm. what, do you remember, 94? 97. 97? So right. Yeah, I moved to Reno in uh, Memorial Day
1: weekend of 1997 and almost instantly found the show. And then started coming to events. Started coming to some of the, yeah, when you guys would do the, the uh, uh, what is it called when you're on site at somebody's location? Remotes. The remotes, yeah. <laughs> Whiskey's kicking already. <laughs> wow. Well, you have stopped drinking a lot. Um, so yeah, no, we we would go to the remotes, and I mean, you and know, your buddy so, Tony usually, yeah, yep. with my buddy Tony, and you know, and then that's ended up where I first met Dawn as well, because she would be working a lot of the remotes with you guys, and but yeah, we would drink beer after after some of the remotes and just hang out a little bit, and sometimes Monday
0: night football, you'd come out at uh, what was that, Waldorf's, the little wall, little wall, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. yeah. Um. God, that's is that still there? It's still there, actually. I, the little wall still there? There. I
1: have a friend who just recently graduated from UNR his or his daughter did, and I was asking her about that stuff, and she said that yeah, the little wall is still there, um, still happening, but they're really changing a lot of the area around the campus to improve
0: it. But some of the legendary places are still there, like that. It's it's amazing that I've been out of Reno what since ninety nine. And um, even when we go back and visit, I don't get enough time to to really get a feel for everything that's changed. When we drove back from Vegas I, and I texted you about this, it's it, it's stunning to see like what East of Sparks has become. Yeah. But even a lot of just what you, you know, because a lot of the places you and I used to hang out are gone. Scruples is, mm-hmm. is long gone is um, our Reno listeners are going to be like, Jesus Christ, guys, why don't you just come visit for a while? <laughs> what, what is that place? God, uh, Bullies. Bullies still has. They like they they were like five locations last time. I, I don't thought. know how many
1: they still have, but I know that the one in Northwest Reno is still open. That's my original haunt. And then I think the one in Sparks or just off of Sparks, it's North McCarran and Prater somewhere in that area. I think that one is still open. Um, and then I, I
0: yeah, I don't know how many of the other locations are still open, but Man. but yeah, it's still still hanging in there. It's that that it's amazing. The town changes so much. And yet it's actually like Sacramento. It changes so much and yet it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but to my question, what's it? So what's it like for you? Because I know for, for Christina and she's talked about this openly, it's hard sometimes for her to deal with the, the flack, for lack of a better word, that we take on the air as personalities. And God knows Dawn has been a punching bag at various times over the years by both members of the show and the audience. And I mean, she's always been amazing at it, but um, what's that like? So I have to separate the show from personal
1: life, right? On the show, you guys have to entertain people. And, and a lot of times that's going to be like you're picking on your sister, insulting her, etc., whatever. And, and so, you know, it, it doesn't bother me because I know for a fact that you and her off the air are basically like a brother and sister that you really care about each other. You're not going to insult her off the air. You're not going to be mean to her that way off the air. With regards to the listeners, the listeners insulting her is a little bit different. Um, It doesn't bother me when they call into the show and do it. I don't think I've ever ran into it with people doing it out in public. Everybody has always been really nice to us. But when it happens on air, to me... I kind of shrug my shoulders and go, OK, these are people that want to have fun. They're paying the bills for us. And without them, you know, the show wouldn't be happening as well. And so for me, I, I try and keep it separated and make sure that I know that this is for entertainment. This is our personal life. And, you know, it does. It, I don't want to say that it doesn't bother me. But at the same time, I have to keep reminding myself that, OK, this is just for fun. And it, it's never gotten to a point to where it's crossed a line so bad That I've had felt like I've ever had to step in and go, okay, hey, you probably should be having a conversation with Rob about this or, Mm. you know, this is really not good for you or for for the show, in my own opinion. But so uh, how much do you still listen? Uh, I try and listen every day. I probably get probably get an hour to two hours every
0: day in between conference calls and meetings and stuff. So the the zoo is very busy. It is. Um, Are there are there times, though, where you're listening and you and you say like in, let's use me in particular you go come on rob where you can just tell that i'm like maybe over the top picking on her and you go dude that's a little much mm. cuz i know you'd never text me and tell me because no. you would back away and go it's like you said it's part of what we do Honestly, no.
1: It really hasn't. Well, sometimes it's, I do.
0: Sometimes I think to myself that okay, I didn't need to go that far.
1: <laughs> yeah, and well, and you're you're feeling the the mood in the room right. as well, right? For when I'm on when I'm listening on the other side, I can't feel or get the feel of that tension if there is any in the room at that moment. Yeah. Um. And so it doesn't to me. I it's I, I don't think it's ever come close to that line of, come on, Rob, what are you doing? Right. Okay. I think more so it comes down to. Sometimes if your facts are wrong on something.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa. And I My said, facts? My, my facts? Oh, like there's gravity on the moon. I'm, I'm. Okay, thanks for texting me, by the way, in the middle of the pressure cooker, that there's gravity on the moon, Gary. God. So well, I screwed that up. Um. <laughs> by the way, I should point out, I think it's your shot. Oh, is it? On pool. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, there's no way to avoid this topic. In fact, you know what? Yeah, you have to take your shot so I can do a visual demonstration for those of us that are... Uh, actually watching us on the broadcast because this pool game how, so we've been playing for what two years uh, I think it's actually a little over two years yeah well I know it, it's got to be it has to be two years because we we were still playing pool and we were still bowling which was pre pandemic yeah um, and it was way before everything got shut down uh, in March I think so I, I, go ahead. sorry what
1: so I was gonna say I think I okay so we so we officially started keeping score on April 18th of 2019. So it has been... Wow. That's when we officially started keeping score and we were playing before that without actually
0: making up our own scoring rules. And you, you had found this game... By yourself, yeah. originally. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an app called Game Pigeon, um, and then you brought it up to me, and at first, and I, it, by the way, I'm first to admit Gary's much better at this than I am still, um, but in the beginning, it was like ruthless. I was like, yeah. you ringer, you've been playing this for months, and now you wrote me in, and I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so here, I'm going to do this just to annoy the shit out of producer Nick, who edits our videos, because he's right. going to be like, eh, my guy in fact, he'll cut this. He'll be like, I'm not putting that in. It, that is that is terrible. It, it, that, that violates all of the video integrity of everything. But for people that are watching, I'll well, actually well, show them how this works.
1: Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you a very fascinating and interesting story that every listener is going to want to hear. see, oh. so you line up your shot here. So Rob's lining up his shot here. No, there's no real fascinating or interesting story. So I was just trying to make it so Nick couldn't edit it out.
0: that's kind of hard to do it that way you're it's not even good. looking at yeah although that's 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 not much different than my usual quality of shot <laughs> to be honest so there that's so that's how the game works but yeah so you mentioned we keep score no we really do yeah uh and for some reason we randomly decided on basically mini tournaments until somebody gets to 400 points and our scoring system is very contrived and then we start over but we've never yep. kept track of who's i know you've won 95 <clears> percent <throat> of our tournaments yeah um although we've had a few good ones yeah. that get right down to 399 to 398 or whatever and we actually we literally so our scoring system is you get a point for winning yep one point for one point for each win in a row and then a point for every ball of the opponents that's left any ball left uh yeah sorry it would only be
1: opponents balls left on the table except when you scratch oh. or knock the 8 oh, sorry when if you knock the 8 ball in and lose then you count every ball that's left on the table except for the cue ball which that's brutal. Which so, I'm a
0: I'm a pro. Yeah. By the way, at hitting the eight ball in and losing and leaving a ton of balls on the table.
1: And oh. on and on top of that, though, there's also an additional one point bonus for that win as well. So if instead of getting just one point, you get two points for that. And win. then what's the bonus for five in a row? So for winning five games in a row, you get uh, ten uh, points. You get the five. You get so is you, you get, get the, five and a bonus five. Yeah. Okay. And then if you win fifteen in, or ten in a row, then you get five and uh, sorry you get 10 plus another bonus five so every five games you win in a row you get that plus the additional
0: five point has, bonus has either i think you have once has either one of us won 10 in a row i think i got to 12 in a row once thanks for pointing that out yeah because i know i got to nine and then i blew it <laughs> um but no this this is what we do and, and 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 it and so the way it works is it's through a text yep you just you you take your shot and um, or your shots and then it sends the text and then the other person can choose to text back depending on what they're doing. Sometimes we go hours without texting each other. Um, and sometimes we'll spend 20 minutes going back and forth, back and forth. And this has been discussed on the air. It's a very contentious topic with our wives. It is. <laughs> and Thanks. it seems to have settled down a little, a lot a bit. Although.
1: Look at that! I just knocked the eight ball in with a whole bunch of balls on the table. That sucks. You oh, you knocked it
0: in in the bad way. Yes, you lost. Yes. Well, that's a shame. Yeah, you might you might show that to the camera if you I, want. I, <laughs> I really feel horrible about that. Yeah, I can I can show the camera how you're. So so that's the cool thing is you can also watch what your opponent did when you get it.
1: So, 11. God, that's eleven balls left on the table. That's like thirteen, in. that's your second win in a row for you. So that was a fifteen point game.
0: Gary keeps score in case you can't tell. He's the scorekeeper. Um, so, yeah. So when we, when we started this, it didn't seem to be an issue, although I think we got more into it. And then at some point, and we didn't even both know that we were experiencing this until, I don't know if it was, was it when it came up on the air where we found out, oh, both our wives are doing this, where they were really annoyed at us. And I'm not claiming we're not somewhat guilty, like I'm not saying they're completely wrong, no. just mostly yeah. um, that that we were allowing the game to maybe distract us from time that we were supposed to be spending with them. Yes, exactly. So, yes. like, I think the example we've used on the air: you sit down to watch a show as a couple, and it's a show. It's a it's a couple show. It's right. not something like like my my wife will watch The Housewives, and I couldn't care less. But I'll yeah. watch with her. But that's not an us show, and she knows if you text me. I'm going to play pool right. during the housewives. But if it's a show that we watch and the phone goes off and you reach over on the sofa <laughs> and you grab it <laughs> and in your playing, I can understand why that might bother them. Sure. Is yeah. that a good example? I of, think that's a great example. Yeah,
1: because that's exactly
0: how it happens in our house as well. That yeah. and I know I know they are not a fan of the fact that um, uh, I don't think we get arrested for saying this, that you and I are uh, have occasionally played while we're driving. I, I, yeah. yeah. And, and I know that, that they're not fans of that. But, no. You know, we're still here. Um, I know that my, I think my wife's favorite example is that I'm, I'll play with you while I'm driving to Dogwoods Resort, which is a, a, one of the funnest <laughs> roads to drive. Um, and to make it more fun, you know, you add in playing pool. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we found a, as happy a medium as we're going to get with them. I think so. Yeah. I, I still get the occasional sigh. Yeah. The occasional. Oh, okay. So the, the so like for here's a great example. You'll be watching a show, a, a, a together show, and there's a reason, a legitimate reason to pause it. Like, oh, we need to make another drink. She needs to go to the bathroom. She comes back, <laughs> and we're not watching yet because I'm taking my shots. And it's like, oh, that, and it's like, hey, you you called the time out. You're the one that had to do woman things. So what's wrong with that? All right, hold on. Next Scotch. All right, so yeah. Let's let's go to. So we start with the makers for a reason. Oh, I'm saving that. Oh, this one you got to try this one. So this so a lot of Scotch makers know yep. well, I'm yep. Sorry, the McAllen. I love um, anything in sherry seasoned oak casks. This is what they call their classic cut. Okay. And it's a limited 2019 edition. Ooh. I found this by by accident, and I. Liked it enough to say I need to make sure That Gary tries this Yeah So that's the second one We'll be trying today Okay Um. So Speaking of all of this I noticed you walked Into the house By the way I should have mentioned We're in uh, Williams Manor We're at the the new dining room table from uh, Pottery World, which you even commented on how nice. Yeah, it it's a
1: gorgeous table.
0: Um, but you, uh, you're you're many weeks removed from a broken ankle. Not not a broken ankle, a near broken ankle. Yeah, yeah. So you texted me one morning. It was a Saturday morning, right? And you were supposed to be golfing with a friend for his birthday. Yep. And you, I think we were up early, like we often are, three or four in the morning. And uh, you you went from i hurt my ankle i twisted my ankle it's swollen and eventually you wound up at what, what urgent rapid, care Yeah. Urban, urge, ur, rapid urgent <laughs> care whatever the hell it is um it, what the hell did you do basically i walking down the stairs with bare
1: feet and we have carpet on our stairs this is at uh three about three three thirty in the morning during hank's normal feeding time hank's your dog and, which is yeah, ironic hanks.
0: because maestro my german
1: shepherd is currently molesting your armpit and uh it, and as I'm walking down the stairs on the second to last step, I hit the edge of the step right with the middle of my foot and it slipped onto the bottom step, rolled over to the inside. And then I went down forward. It went behind me. I hit the stairs with my back. Ooh. And then uh, but being being the man that I like to claim I am, I finished feeding Hank and waited until I heard Dawn was awake before I bothered her. To, were, you, uh,
0: were you limping immediately? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I could barely stand back up after I fell. So I didn't I didn't know or remember that you also slammed your back, which it, you already have back issues.
1: Yeah, but th- you know what's funny is I, like, landed perfectly flat on the stairs. So, like, it oh, hit in just three different down. spots. <laughs> yeah, and so it wasn't, like, all one big blow in a certain spot to the back. It was almost, like, across the back in three different areas and...
0: So it didn't hurt as bad as the ankle did for sure. So that's almost the exact way that Christina also didn't break her ankle prior to you. Um, and and that we were told when Christina finally got diagnosed that it's not broken, but it's whatever it is, hairline fracture, close to that. You, you're you going to wish it was broken. And she to this day, because that was Easter three years ago. Oh, gosh. Um to this day she will occasionally have issues like like if we if we or she dances too much okay um especially in heels right anything that puts pressure on it and so when you told me when you texted me that you had basically the same am i close same diagnosis yeah very close yeah um i i I remember texting you i don't want to be that guy but you really you should it would have been better if you would have broken it yeah uh because i guess it's harder to heal and so you might have this issue now lingering, moving forward. Have you noticed? So you're healed. Are you healed? No. 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 It's, it's so so oh. I don't have a brace on. But if you were to look at my ankle right now, it's still very swollen. Um, how many weeks for, for the day we're recording this, how many weeks has it been? I think that would have been June 5th.
1: So we're basically on four, four and a half weeks okay. that it's been since uh, okay. since it happened. It's so. still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving it to the six week mark and... I mean I'm icing it still every day, still put dunking it in the ice chest with ice and every uh, day. Yeah. Good yeah, for doing you. it for trying to do it for uh well, I do it until my foot goes numb and then I pull
0: it out. <laughs> right now it's it's about four to five minutes with the amount of ice that I'm using. So I love Dawn's reaction to you using the ice chest, which again, we're both, we're Gen Xers. That's just, that's just how we were raised, right? right? You just yeah. submerge your foot in a big old ice chest device. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't get, don't need fancy ice packs or anything. Oh, the things you wrap around you with the Velcro. Yeah. That's neat. We <laughs> yeah. don't need them. Um, wow. So, uh, I'm trying to, I, this is a very selfish question because I'm trying to figure out when we're going to golf again.
1: I know. So I, I was thinking about that as I was driving up here today. So, I'm walking better on it. I do feel a little bit of pain still, just on the outside of the ankle bone. Which ankle is it? The right ankle. So it's my basically it's my finishing leg up front. <laughs> so I was going to use that as an excuse. Yeah, but but that's the problem is both feet are so important in yep. golf with weight. And so um, this uh, this coming week I'm actually, or even probably this weekend, I'm going to pull a golf club out and try and swing it and see. Just see how how much I can actually handle right now, just so I can even get back on the course, because I really
0: miss it as well. And Although, I mean, the, the this particular weekend that we're recording this, we wouldn't have. Well, we might have played because we play at the crack of dawn, no pun intended. Um, but it's so hot and it can be so miserable. Um, in fact, I canceled a, a golf round with some uh a couple weeks ago a couple Fridays ago because it was also 108 yeah. that day but um Danny from tech to you circles fire up and everything else uh he's played with us a few times and he texted me the other day and he said that we've spoiled him now that because he said I can't and I guess it'd been a while since Danny had golfed much um but he got out with us and then He's tried to go out With other people And they They don't play The way we do Which is very simple It's what's called Ready golf Hit your ball Go to your ball Hit your ball You don't need As a foursome You don't all need To drive to each other's shot And sit there And analyze it And talk about it And tell jokes Just everybody Go to your ball And hit Yep and we play, if nobody's around us, We uh, three and a half hours is normal, if not long for us. as yeah. a foursome, right? Yeah, usually, yeah. So, which that's why we try to get the first tee time out every morning. Because if you have anybody in front of you, for some it's... reason, you assholes think that four and a half hours is the right time for a round of golf. Yeah, it's definitely not acceptable. It, and I, uh, I remember the couple times we've been fortunate enough to play pebble beach we made sure to get the first time out yeah just because pebble i don't know if they're still doing it but pebble used to actually like be proud of like branding their markers with four and a half hours four fifteen yeah four fifteen is that what it was and and we were like i remember the starter when we played said something like you're setting the pace and we're like don't worry about us (laughs) we will have three holes behind us that are clear (laughs) when we're done um because that's just how you should play Play golf. I don't, and I've always used the joke on the air that that I I actually enjoy my life. I enjoy my wife. I I, I want to get to the next thing, but I don't know what it is. What is it? Be- because I, we both get stuck playing with people. Yeah. That take too long. Do you know what it is?
1: I honestly, you know, what's the so sad about it is that there's no money on the line. You're no. not playing. You're not playing to get into a tournament. You're not playing for anything but your own self enjoyment and you still sit there and take five practice shape swings double check your alignment then walk up to the ball again back away and it's just like what are you doing here just get up to the ball and hit the ball i mean there what do you if you were, if you're practicing go to
0: the driving range <laughs> which and especially at, at almost all of our levels you when you're out on the 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 course you already know if you're in the zone or not. And you also, we also both, all of us, because we have a group of like less than eight that we'll rotate through, that we'll play with, we all understand that we're not gonna use being on the course as our range time. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, if I don't got it today, then I'm probably gonna hit it even quicker. Yeah, I'm not, you know, until, until we get to that point where we're so frustrated, where usually one of us will pull the other aside and go, hey, try this. When you can just see the the other guy's not having fun, yeah. Which you actually did for me a few rounds ago, yeah, yeah. Just first. before the ankle sprain, yeah. And I was what standing too far away from yeah. the ball, uh, and the minute you said something, it took me I think a hole to figure out. Oh, here I am, and the game turned around mm-hmm. uh, because I was so frustrated. That game is so frustrating, um, but it's almost as frustrating as not playing. So hopefully, yeah. a few weeks from now, you'll be fine. I really hope so too. Which, so. um, actually, so. Uh, We'll jump to our before, other game
1: before we do yeah. that, real quick. Just to just so the listeners know that we don't just rush to every ball oh. and hit every shot. There are certain situations where we take our time. Whether it's if we're in the woods and you got to figure out what your shot's going to be to get out of there, if you're in a sand trap, um, tough wise, Those are exceptions. But when your ball's in the fairway or the first cut of the grass. Just get up there and hit the ball.
0: No, that's a great point because I remember, and, and I don't know if you were with me, but, and this is years ago, somewhere somebody made a comment, and I think it was because we had finished so quickly. Like, we teed off at six and we were done before nine. Yeah. And they made a co- and Scout is uh, chiming in. N- no apparent reason in the background. Um, they scout um, about, what, do you guys run to every shot? And then hit it, and and we were like, no, not at all, not even close. In fact, we really, yeah. really enjoy playing golf. Yeah. But it's exactly that when one of us, any one of us, that see that's the exception. When any one of us is in the woods, which happens a lot, all of us go look mm-hmm. and help the person find their ball. But we also we don't take five minutes, which is the no. rule, right? Yeah. Get, we get, don't. Yeah, we don't even take the full five minutes. If if
1: we can't find it, we can't find it. Once again, we're not playing for any money. There's no reason to take a full five minutes to
0: look for your lost golf ball. Just take a drop, move on. And even when, and we haven't done this in years. Even when we do play for money, because we have our we have a little game that we'll play with stuffed animals. Believe it or not, as grown men, um, it's first of all, it's not for it's not a lot of money. For it, it, look, if you're golfing, a dollar is not a lot of money. I mean, what's the worst you can lose in our little animal game? Ten bucks. I think it's a dollar a hole, so I think it's eighteen bucks that you can lose. Okay. Was it a dollar hole? I thought yeah. it was the number of animals at the end. Um either way. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I forgot about that. Because you pay each yeah. guy. But either way, it's like so if you had if you had all the animals okay, so if you had all the animals, there's eight animals? Uh yeah, I think it was yeah,
1: twenty four bucks. So is then the twenty four bucks lose. is the, yeah.
0: Okay. Well your your round costs two or three times that. Yeah. And even then we wouldn't. Take the full five minutes. No. Be like, Dude, take the gorilla. That's the stuffed animal yeah. for losing your ball in the woods, and it's probably racist too. But either way, um, it, it, we would never do that. No, it, it just—it's just not that important. I, I so I don't get it. So the other so the other game I was going to jump to is bowling. Yeah, which we we've been bowling together for years. When was the last time you threw a bowling ball? Uh, the last week we were allowed to bowl before COVID. So March of twenty twenty. Yep. Which was going to change until you hurt your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to bowl
1: nationals. I say nationals because it's an amateur tournament and everybody, you know, it's been going on for 100 plus years now. And so. And these are with other friends these from are with Texas? Yeah. These are some guys from Texas that I actually got into bowling nationals with when I was uh, living in Austin. And so. Um, so we were supposed to go to Vegas and had my hotel booked, everything. And then the weekend before, we were supposed to bowl nationals. I sprained my ankle, so I had to back out and cancel cancel my trip and just forfeit my spot. You know, I think Nationals is like 250 bucks now for all the different events and stuff. And so basically just, you know, forfeit the money so somebody else can take my spot and use it and So,
0: um, for people listening, what's the what's the generically not boring explanation of what nationals are? Literally everyone from all over the nation shows up and bowls. Yeah, so anybody who's a part of the USBC, so the
1: Bowling Congress, so when you bowl in a league, if it's sanctioned, you become a member, you have to pay a membership fee. So anybody who has an established average that can be verified by the USBC um, and I believe actually they're letting the pros bowl now as well. So oh I don't God. know if they, yeah. So I don't know <laughs> if uh, there's a limit on what they get. Yeah, so, anyways, so, um, so yeah, so it's just, it's a, like it's a scratch amateur tournament. And you see a lot of people that average 215 that'll go out there and shoot 160s and 170s because it is such a difficult shot that they put out. They try and level set the game for
0: the guy that averages 140. By making the shot that much tougher um and the 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 bonus is you can actually win money yeah yeah um i've I've bowled twice in nationals and both times at the the Reno stadium, and that shot is ridiculous yeah and and if you don't if you don't bowl for um competitive reasons. People don't understand when we talk about the shot. Yeah. Um, as you know, from trying to teach anyone how to bowl, you, you know, you you start with the basics of of how many steps you take and you aim for the arrows, not the pins and all that. Once you get way beyond that and you start to learn about the oil on the lanes, and and you start talking with other bowlers about not only the oil but how far down you know lanes are sixty feet, how far down are they sent? I I the, the the times I have bowled nationals and bowled in, at the stadium. That is the worst, hardest reminder of I am not anywhere near a great bowler. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's so humbling. I've. Um, I think I bowled one twenty or something there. Yeah. I for me, which I'm I, sorry. We should just point out we're both probably what two to two, ten. Yeah. Two ten average bowlers. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that. I mean, because we don't practice at all ever. No. We <laughs> both we both three games a week when we do. Which our teammates over the years have always pointed out. You know, if you guys ever practice, you might be two twenty <laughs> bowlers. Like, eh. I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Is it really you, worth an extra not, 10 pins in the average? No, not really. Not at this point. No, but yeah, those, those competitive stadium shots
1: are awful. It is. And and it's, so it's usually if it's, it's, they used to move it across the country every year. You'd bowl East coast and then West coast. And the last few years, it's been bouncing between Reno and Las Vegas. They've got a really good place in Vegas at uh, one of the casinos down there that has a massive bowling center um, where they're holding it down there now. But like, when we went to Syracuse and bowled in Syracuse a couple of years ago, they actually set the bowling center up in the convention center. And so you have like a 65 lane, 66 lane bowling setup up inside the convention center. And But it was a makeshift bowling center? Yeah, they basically, just like they, instead of the... Like plopping a hockey rink into the middle of Lake Tahoe? 100%, that's all it is. <laughs> and they actually, uh, there's actually videos out there of them changing a convention center into a bowling stadium to to set it up and yeah, has everything that they would have at the Reno bowling center. And, uh, it's yeah, it's actually really, really kind of cool when you're as a bowler, kind of cool, I guess, but
0: yeah. Which I don't know how interesting any of this is to anybody, but don't care. How's this McAllen?
1: This is amazing. I really like this. Yeah.
0: That's another easy drinking Scotch right Which there for sure. When you, when you really finally get into scotches, it's kind of like wines. In the beginning, you have no idea what you're doing. And then eventually, you try to find exactly that smooth. Yep. You know, that whole thing uh, that you see on every sitcom where you, t- you take a drink of scotch and you go, oh, you make a face, right? And burn. That's a bad scotch. Yeah. That's not, or or, or you're, you've had such a horrible day that you don't care and you actually <laughs> want it to hurt a little. And depending if you're from our generation, you're from that Ben Gay idea of if it, if it burns, it's working. Yeah. But other than that, that's not how it's supposed to work. No. And so, so uh, yeah, we you gravitate towards these smooth ones. So let's see the next one. Oh, this one. So this I think I don't know if we had this on the night of. Uh, I know we had a, a we had one of these. There's this place out of Scotland that you can only. You can only get it shipped from Scotland. They don't, they don't sell it in the United States. It's called Blair Athol, which if you're drunk enough, you can turn that into a whole asshole oh, joke. Yeah? And I know we had one of these, but they have a bunch of different ones. This is a, their director's cut. It's age 16 years. And our third friend, who was at that drunken night, is actually the one that turned me on to this. This whole uh, brand. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember this one. I you have don't remember half the night, Gary. That's fair. Okay. So um, so this is next, and we'll see how this compares. And just like with wines, you kind of... So with wine tastings, you would start with the lighter... Like, if you're going to do reds, you would start with the lighter reds um, and work your way up. You'd go from a Merlot to a blend to a big Cabernet, for example. And so that's what I'm trying to do with these whiskeys, is we started with our basic daily mictors, and then we go to a, a, a very nice McAllen, and then this Blair Athol director's cut should be... A little deeper in flavor, although it's lighter in color. And then we really get to the big boys. And there's this new one that I'm actually super excited for you to try, which I texted you. I think this is the new one is the one that I mostly bribed you with. Yeah. Because th- this is my new go-to holy shit. And and it's 180 bucks. Okay. But it's becoming my new holy shit almost daily. Oh, wow. If, if I was drinking it's still not the the Mictors is still the daily, but man, it's like eh, eh, eh. all right, back to bowling and golf yeah, because we've talked about it on the air a little bit you're a big guy, were are you 6'2". Six six two. Six two. um and you're wide, you're statured um you you can be scary, <laughs> you mean intimidating now I've literally seen you throw your bowling ball in the garbage. And almost pick up, but literally tip over a cement bench at a golf course. And, and that bothers my dogs, apparently, in the background. Hey! Oh, this is great. This is just so professional. Maestro. Um, maestro! You know, this is what Nick won't cut, by the way. This is what Nick will leave in oh, That's great That's just so real That's so real That whole thing with the cell phone And the pool game That was dumb But the The, the dogs barking People love that So But you have this You, you have this um, It's not just an image on the air That we've cultivated But people that know you Know you as like a gentle giant You're yeah. a very nice guy I've said on the air many times You're one of the Two or three nicest people I know And that's not just bullshit You'll drop anything For anyone That, that you care about Yep um. And you don't get mad very often, but when you get mad, you get mad. And I don't even think I—I I, have I ever really seen you pissed. I—I I don't think so. I mean, I've seen you bowling pissed. Yeah, yeah. That, you've, but yeah. we've—you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me bowling pissed is not me pissed. No. Um. So you, so you picked up your ball, <laughs> you threw it in the garbage. Fine, but um, what? What's it take to get you pissed and how often does it really happen? doesn't happen very often. I've basically
1: learned to control it. So in my early twenties, I definitely had some anger issues, not
0: where I would attack people, but walls. Yeah. Walls. (laughs) Just those were my favorites in my early twenties. Yeah. My my first house took a beating. Most of it was my own self
1: punishment in, in my anger was at myself more so than other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a pretty high tolerance for what I can take from people. Um, it would probably take the threat of physical violence or um, somebody really threatening, even to hurt Dawn or one of a family member or a friend. Right? That's when I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm gonna step in, and even then, I'm still going to try and calm the situation down
0: first before I get. Overly pissed off but I like the story though that she's told a few times on the air of when and you're gonna have to help me with it was it a a traffic situation where she was out of the car and you knew it was a dangerous situation and you were mad at you were worried about her safety and you got mad at her but you were worried about her yeah And, and to me that rang true. When it, is that what it was? Was she like, she just shouldn't have been out of the car? Or? Yeah.
1: And that was actually, honestly, that was more defensive in my in my voice, is just the seriousness of the situation. So that wasn't even me being pissed off at her getting out of the car. I mean, I think at the end of the day, if I look back at it, most people would probably, yeah, was, I was, you know, I reacted out of anger because she never, she shouldn't have gotten out of the car because we're literally on a two lane highway that's got an 85 mile an hour speed limit and there's a car in the fast lane that is just dead stop with no lights on whatsoever. And we come right up onto that car, um, and I barely stopped and missed him and turned on my flashers so that I could at least make sure. But there's people that are just flying by us on the right-hand side, and she's in the passenger side of the car, and she got out with traffic passing her on, the, on the, her right-hand side. But you're out of the car, too. I was already out of the car, but I was more
0: protected on the inside because of the shoulder. So this is that this is that toxic masculinity thing that you and I have. 100 percent. Where when we say she shouldn't have gotten out of the car, that's us saying we're we're doing our job of protecting you. Yes, this is the one of the few times we get to say stay.
1: Yeah, Yeah. right. It's like stay where you're safest, which would have been in the car. um, And basically, because I was going up to check on the people in the car, make sure they were okay. And, Whereas sure. Dawn's probably concerned about both you and the people knowing her. She was. Yeah, she was absolutely. She got out of the car out of the same reason I did. Right. Right. Because she is that type of person that will go out and want to help anybody at the same time. But that's not okay. And and there's certain situations <laughs> when it's, you have to think about your situation, right? It's, um, you know, when you're, when you're the triage person, you can't put yourself in a dangerous situation. You've got to make sure that you're in a safe spot so that you don't get hurt because now somebody's going to have to come and triage you as well. And it's you know it's like just stay where you're at, we'll be fine. And but yeah, that was uh, that was probably a very very stern. That wasn't angry by any means, but it was very stern
0: in what I was saying to her. To no, it was, get that back. was concern. It was 100 percent out of concern. Yeah. No, I, I I I can relate to that. But uh, uh, Christine and I were leaving the Cigar Club, which you've been to, yeah, um, which is down in Midtown uh, late at night. You know. Midnight, 1 a.m., and as we're heading to our car, there are two groups of four people each, and there's a fight going on in the middle of the street. Oh, good. And Christina, like, instinctively wants to go break up the fight. And I'm like, no. No, like, and I'm getting more and more aggressive with my words. And then I had to literally corral her physically and go, babe, we can't get in the middle of this. You know, these are the kind of things where you get in the middle. You don't know if both sides turn on you. We're both, of course, dressed up and we're carrying a bag with, I don't know what, scotch or wine that we'd been consuming. And and she was having none of it. She's like, babe, we can't let this guy get beat up. eh, Actually, we can. Um, ultimately, thank God, it turned out the guy got away. We were able to ask if they were OK. But it, those situations, it's like I was I was like feeling pissed off in the moment, like listen to me. But it was entirely out of concern. Yeah. It's like, don't don't do this. And if anybody's going to do it, I'm going to do it. You're, you're going to go to the car, which she would never let happen. No. So that can be so frustrating. Sure. And with, with her,
1: with all the military training that she's had as well, that's probably just her natural reaction now also just to want to go into battle and absolutely try and help somebody. Right. So absolutely. And and yeah, it is, it's tough because you're right. You want to go and help people, but you also have to think about the consequences for yourself and your family from a longer term perspective, because you're right. You don't know what's going to happen. You could have both, like you said, both groups could turn on you. You don't know if it's a family that's just infighting right now. Somebody could have a knife or a gun and just there's too many, too many things right now where it feels like people are willing to amp it
0: up to that next level when you try and help out. And it's so. not it's not situational anymore because but in, in both your example and my example, whether you're on the side of the road or you're in midtown of a semi or major city. You don't get to use the excuse of, oh, well, you know, you're in Midtown at 1 a.m. Hey, this stuff's happening everywhere now. It is. And all the time. And and seemingly, everyone is, if not armed, angry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much of the dogs barking the microphones pick up, but... <laughs> Hopefully a lot of it. Because it's pretty entertaining at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's very entertaining. <laughs> it's pretty, I'm guessing I'm getting an Amazon delivery at this point. Good dogs (laughs) Oh hi Scout I might have to sign for something Oh boy Oh I hope I need my My ID ID, Which is downstairs (laughs) So yes We had some type of alcohol delivery Which I've gotten I love this I've gotten to the point now in my life Where Delivery drivers They don't even ask for ID They just First of all they just say Will you say that you're over 21 I'm like Yeah Yeah And they asked the first name. That's all he did. And then he left. I don't know what it is. I think it's a wine club or something. So I have to go get that after we're done with this. Okay. So where were we? We were. Anger. Women. Talking about. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm Hmm. Protecting. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. We have not heard your version of how you reacted To Queenie So Gary is Dawn's Husband And Queenie who's on the show Is Dawn's niece And therefore Gary's niece But at one point was known as The nephew And um, Dawn and Queenie Have been very honest about the way that transpired With the whole process of how Dawn reacted And I've, I've Actually loved seeing Dawn grow in her ability and willingness to talk about how resistant she was in the beginning and said, no, you're, 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 you're just gay, quote, quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so cause, uh, Queenie is a, a trans female, meaning transitioning from male to female. And, uh, so in the beginning I, and Dawn's told the story, there was a, a haircut incident of I'm going to go get your haircut like a boy and, and make you be a gay boy kind of thing. Um, and I'm obviously very much paraphrasing and being insensitive intentionally. Just cut through this, but we've never heard what was it, like because you uh, Queenie, as her former self, was at your wedding. Yeah, that was I think the only time I met her mm-hmm. when she wasn't her. Um, so you've known her her whole life almost. Uh,
1: pretty yeah, pretty right?
0: close yeah. Um, what was that like for you? Um, so the first time that she
1: came to the house uh, as in trying to say that she was trans, uh, transgender back in, I don't even remember how many years ago, very similar to Don. I I don't, I was, uh, not uninformed, but not ignorant either. I'm not sure what the right word is, but it it was so new that I didn't know enough about what was happening. And it was something that I'd never really taught myself to understand either. And so I basically went through almost the exact same thing that Don did when uh, Queenie came to visit us the first time, it was very difficult. It's like, okay, no, you're, you know, you're not a girl, you're a boy, and
0: um, well, and, and we we should remind people for longtime listeners. I mean, again, for people of our generation, this whole thing has been difficult. Yeah, which that's that's our problem. Um, there, but there was a long time where where we were joking about Dawn's. At that point, nephew, like being gay, mm-hmm. because at that point, they were showing these signs of being very feminine or whatever, and it, it was almost like, that's okay, yeah. but you know, fine, whatever, you know, it's the 2000s, but what? You're not even actually the biological thing that you are. I mean, it was, I know it was so difficult for all of us on different levels to just even understand the transgender issue. 100%. But you... You had to deal with it more personally than anybody that I
1: that I know. Yeah. And, you know, and I at that time, I wasn't choosing to understand it. Uh, it wasn't something that I was uh, wide open to. Right. I, I appreciate change more so than most people do. I'm, I'm open for change. You know, I think change means you're growing in life, et cetera, or whatever. Um, but with this situation, it was uh, not situation, but with what was happening at that time, it was just something that was not everyday life for us back then, at least as far as understanding it and being around people that were transgender and even just having all the information regarding um, that. And so I just I at that time, I just really had no understanding of it. And so it was more out of just ignorant non-acceptance that I struggled at first. And so um, when Queenie came to live with us this time around, though, I was in a different
0: spot And was she was she invited to live with you out of like desperation or or how did that happen? So she was living in Indiana
1: at the time with her sister and it it, she was in a bad spot in her life where um, she was just I don't want to say she was going down some tough roads, but drinking very heavily all the time, not making really good decisions for her own life. And Dawn could see that she needed to get out of there and so we offered her to come and stay with us we had no expectations of how long it was going to last we didn't know if she was going to run when she first got there based on the stories we Mm -hmm. were hearing of what was happening in indiana we expected somebody to come into our house that was just completely a violent person that was uncooperative um etc and and that's not at all what what showed up with queenie in our house i mean she started drinking problem when she first showed up and there were some certain incidences that happened, but she really, you know, we, we took the time to make sure that she got the care that she needed, make sure she had the medical plan that she needed, make sure that she had um, the therapy that she needed to go through just because of all the trauma she's been through in her life. Um, and just watching her grow and become this new human that she wasn't for the last uh, probably, I don't even know how long, but just mentally even, right? Not, not, we're not talking about physically or, or, or uh, mindset of that. I'm a, I'm a woman, not a man. It's just the fact that, holy shit, I actually have a lot of value that I can add to life. And I'm, I'm not living my best life and watching her grow from this person that's climbing from the depths and becoming somebody that is just,
0: who she is today just an amazing person so when you made that offer um at, at that point where was your acceptance level when she was in that spot in indiana were you guys still like nah, i don't know about this whole thing? or at that point we you like fine she's female uh at that at that point we were fine she's female okay um, we 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 uh
1: we opened our minds to it we were basically just we've been open to it at, you know it's been more accepting of it as we've gotten older and learned more and uh having her come in we basically wanted to understand where she's at in her life and understand mm-hmm. what what do we need to help her with here as far as helping her move on and become the better person that she is today and and so from there it was just this is a blank slate all we know is that she's got some trauma from her childhood And I'll say, and we're going to just try and help her get through that and hopefully move on and become who, once again, who she is today. I think that's like the third time I've said that now, but um, we we really didn't know. We, we were like, okay, what's going to happen if she comes and moves in with us and decides to run? What if she just decides that she wants to go back to Las Vegas? Um, We, we really had no clue what was going to happen. And we, it was a take it day by day, moment by moment um, in the very beginning to make sure that we were there for her. And um, at the same time, making sure that we continue to set these boundaries um, so that she wasn't doing more harm to herself.
0: Do you know or remember how long it was after she was with you before Dawn approached me about Queenie? Just doing anything with the show, which was interning, helping with the stupid store, anything. Do you know how long that was? Oh, God, I'd probably say so. She came here
1: in March of 2019. And so I would have to say it was probably six months. It was about the time that the cookbook started to go on sale again. And um, when you guys really started picking up and Dawn needed help to manage the store, And I think that's when she asked you about having Queenie come in. I think it was the brine. The brine.
0: Sorry, you're right. I think you're right. It was was the brine. Next year. So Uh, just a delineation between, you know, before the listeners read Penis, because the the, the, I, I wonder if you had a moment like this, because obviously I had no I had none of the experience you did other than what you had told me, what Dawn had told me. And when I met Queenie for the first time, I was like, of course, she's a woman. Which was an eye opening. I remember coming home and telling Christina, it was like an epiphany. I was like, "There's no questioning that this is not a flamboyant gay male. Mm-hmm. This is not whatever you envision that this. She's a woman, yeah, in every way. The annoying ways for sure, like the, and 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 the the loving maternal ways is and and. and did you have that moment at some point um, or because it was so gradual for you because you had it free were had that front row seat? Not so much. No. So uh, I, when she came in,
1: I, I was expecting her to be a woman and based on everything that we had heard. And um, and so really, as soon as she got there, it, it. you're right. I mean, the signs just started showing right away. And I think I don't even remember what the first real my aha moment was, was of oh my god she is just exactly like her aunt in so oh, many ways I'll say. and and so I don't exactly remember that but I do know there was one point when we're sitting at breakfast and I'm sitting at the head of the table and they're sitting on the sides of me and they're getting into a conversation not heated conversation but just two women that mm-hmm. are talking and I can't if I wanted to add something I can't add <laughs> anything in and I, I literally said I need to get up. My brain is going to explode if I don't. <laughs> and I basically pushed my chair in and walked away and they just started laughing because
0: the, but that was probably the one moment for me where I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Which, so maybe that's, I, that's the answer to the question I should have asked you much earlier when we were talking about what it's like being married to Dawn and being the spouse of the show, because it, it, people want to know, I it, obviously, and, and Christine and I have talked about this publicly, and Dawn's talked about it we are, we are who we are on the air uh-huh. Occasionally we're exaggerated um, For entertainment effect or, or whatever has to happen But it's not fake And so a lot of people do wonder How the hell do you live With Dawn And specifically to the Long And, and this is what's funny to me now it, 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 It's not unique to Dawn Dawn's just she's got this platform and I think most men who have been with women married or otherwise for a long time can relate to it. I, I so I think she becomes a target unfairly sometimes. Although as her boss and as somebody who works with time and is kind of like edit 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 yeah. edit she can go on and on and, on and 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 on maybe even more so than some women. Yeah. or or the average woman. Sorry. Um and, and so a lot of people, they playfully ask, how do you tolerate it? How do you do it? And and what's your answer?
1: I don't know that I really would say that I tolerate it. I actually enjoy the conversations that we have. Um,
0: do you get a word in? I do, yeah. Yeah, our conversations at home are really good. I are there mean, times, though, where you're like, stop, shut up, shut up, uh, I got it, I, I got it? In your mind, you would never say, shut up, I get it. But not, in your mind, you're like, oh, my God, I got it. I got it. And maybe I'm, I'm projecting a little bit yeah. here.
1: No, but I mean, you're right. If you, if from an exaggeration perspective, yes, there, there are those times where it's like, okay, you've already said that once you've said it a different way. Now you've said it a third time <laughs> and in my right. head, but I, she, I just, you know, we, I listen to her and hear what she has to say and uh, try and do my best job to make sure that I'm listening to every word that she says. I think that's a normal male trait, I guess, that I mm. tend to follow where I don't listen to every word she says Matter of fact, one of our latest one of our latest conversations is she's she'll be telling me something. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, Or, you know, it's like she'll mention something about uh, Tahoe blue vodka and I'll go and I'll say, oh, turkey, Brian. (laughs) And so her natural response is to go, what? And so when I when I look at it after the fact, right, I just sit there and laugh and go. Right. I I can only imagine what women have to deal with with us as men with some of the stuff that we do. And so, but no, it's, I love our conversations that I have with her. You know, she's just, she's um, just, she's who she is on the air for the most part, really. You know, just the loving, caring, um, cries at a lot of stuff that are very sensitive and, and, you know, it's, it's
0: all of its, I, I would have to say the whole package is all part of what I love about her as well. Right. And so, so even in those moments where you might instinctively be annoyed, we'll just use that word. It's the whole package is what takes over. Yeah. Like, like girls cry at stuff that, that especially guys like you and I are like, huh? And but there's a sweetness about it that you have to more than tolerate because it's part of the whole package that yeah. makes them so great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that part of I, I, that part of Dawn has come out so much on the show. And it's it's been great to watch her go from being the annoying bitch which she was to a lot of people for a lot of years, to being this loving, wise, and oftentimes uh, charismatically poignant figure yeah. in so many people's lives. Yeah, I mean, she's really grown into it, and it's been great to watch. That's, that's one of the
1: things that, uh, for me, has, it, that's one of the things that blows me away about the show all the time, is the number of people that write in with stories about how you guys have saved their lives. Yeah. And I think you guys just recently had somebody that had written in and said, I was literally about to commit suicide. And I heard Dawn's voice say, XYZ, whatever it was. And this, and it's just like, when I see her at home, I'm like, oh my God. I said, yeah. do you understand the power of what you guys do? That is just absolutely incredible that you have that big of an impact that somebody changes their course of action based on what you guys have said on the show and it's, it's that's a moment where that person didn't even call in that was just during a conversation on the show you know that's not including everybody that you've actually helped live on the air as well and so um you know i just just her and i think that one made her break down and cry on the air which i don't blame her because that was a really really great story from a just a touching perspective um And so, but yeah, from talking, you know, when we're on car rides, we both talk quite a bit. She sleeps quite a bit. Um, (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's not as bad as
0: people would imagine that it is going back one step. What makes her the best partner is that she does understand the, the power. Yeah, uh, that we have, and we 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 all of we both. I mean, but all of us take it so seriously. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, the road trip thing. I still think I I, I think we're right on that. You want to really test a relationship? That's the way to go. Get in a car with somebody for hours and. Figure out that not only you can carry conversations, but also you can be totally quiet for hours—literally mm-hmm. hours—and yeah. there's no problem. Nobody's uncomfortable. Nobody's anxious. Maybe as yeah, somebody's sleeping. Hopefully, not the driver. Um, and and everything's great. I, I will say that
1: you know my sense of humor. I have probably the worst sense of humor. I know what's funny, <laughs> but I'm not always funny. But when I'm driving, I just start singing the wrong lyrics to songs or making up expressions and phrases, just stuff to keep me entertained while I'm driving as well. And Dawn jumps right in. And so her and I are then going back and forth, playing with each other. And to me, it just is like, this is so awesome. This is somebody that, you know, it it, it makes it easy to spend the rest of your life with somebody like that, that tolerates. There's a lot of people that would
0: not tolerate some of the stuff that we did. I can only imagine how unfunny some of that would be to me.
1: Oh yeah, no, other, I mean
0: would... other from than from the goofy. Oh, that's sweet side, but knowing that yeah actually I think you you sell yourself short. You can be really funny, but you're right, you have a lot of misses. Yeah. Which I appreciate that you own that. I'm a volume person. <laughs> well said. I can only imagine the two of you because because Dawn is actually that's another thing that's been so great to see in the last 5 years in particular. She's become sometimes many times the funniest one on the yeah. show and to, to see that finally come out in her and to see her so net. we we the one that comes to mind for me is when somebody wrote in a few weeks ago very concerned about some aquarium that they had visited and um the the letter writer wanted your help as a zookeeper not understanding that he doesn't actually do that we just can't tell you what he does um Breaking news and and Dawn and I presented and Dawn didn't know what was coming. They never know what's coming on the air. That's not shtick. Nobody knows what's happening. And I said to her, "I said, Dawn, I've got to read this letter. You can handle it, however you want." And I read it, and she right away went to, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, zoos and aquariums—they're very competitive, and Gary would never play in that field." And I'm like, "That is brilliant. One of my favorite, one of my
1: favorite segments of the last oh. month or so, for sure.
0: And, and especially, and 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 what I what I really appreciate about that is." It's Again, she had no idea It was coming yeah. And to be able to just do that And and it was so well done And this is uh, this is Something we were talking about On one of the recent podcasts with Christina It's the difference between What we do And what stand-up comedians do And I love stand-up comedians um, And in fact When we're going to finish up The podcast With a little lightning around here We're going to talk about Stand-up comedians yeah. real quick But um, I respect the hell out of them But the idea that they spend weeks if not months writing and then just repeating what they do and and i'm not suggesting that people on the radio are good at what they do they ain't but i'm proud of what we do because every day we're doing new stuff creative stuff and it's all on the fly 100% yeah the most prepared person is me <clears throat> and i only i only know the premise going in and to watch all five of us especially with this current team yeah they're so talented and 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 we don't hit a we don't hit a home run every day but man we we rarely miss a triple and then and it's so good
1: and if you do miss that trip or if you do miss that home run it's a single it's a single joke that was missed yeah right it's not an entire show it's not half a show that's missed there is and and you're a hundred percent right about that, that like, I love the, I love the team that you have assembled right now because every single person adds such a different element and just the over the top ridiculousness for some <laughs> of the things that, that Queenie says, right? You just like, oh going, did you really just say that? And then, and then with Kyle, man, Kyle is just like, I, I love Kyle. And he you went just, to high school with his dad. I went to high school with his dad. And didn't figure that out until after I'd met Kyle and he friended me on Facebook and I saw his last name and went, that that name looks really familiar. (laughs) And so I checked with Kyle and he's like, yeah, that's my dad. I'm like, "Okay," but Kyle, man, Kyle's I I don't know if if it's naivety or his innocence, but some of the comments that he makes literally will just drop, make me drop my head into my hands and just start laughing because of the, the way he says it. Or what he's intending to say is just so wrong, right? And
0: when I, when I interviewed Kyle, and I had already kind of been prepped on him, and the, the, the background that I got on him was that he was basically he was a good kid. You know, kid. He was 29, I think, at the time. Um, he was reliable. Um, but, but it wasn't glowing in the sense of any potential to be an air talent. I interviewed him for maybe 30 minutes. I'm not sure I'm sure he remembers. and I knew ten minutes in, this guy belongs on the air. like i I just i I knew he just needed to be given the chance to be himself mm-hmm. and And a lot of it is exactly what you said. I saw the naivete, but I also there's this mischievousness. yes. And I got that from getting him to tell me stories about his childhood and stuff. And I thought to myself, well, if I can take that naivete and that mischievousness and put it into a microphone, we really got somebody here. And it took him, I think, three months, two to three months on the air before it really started to show. And now it just shows. And, And this is, and I've said on the air, I have absolutely no modesty at all about my ability to identify talent. And yeah. it is so great to see this guy and Queenie, of course, mm-hmm. who no one would give a chance to no. shine. Yeah. And I mean shine like like they're taking over the show, which mm. I'm fine with. I'll yeah. lead you to water and then you guys drink. She
1: Queenie, 100 percent was born to talk. Yes. She has the exact same genes that her aunt does. And and she is so. So talented her and her aunt bolt like you said dawn's been very funny much more funny now than she has in years past but but queenie's just ability to throw something out there that is so off the wall i it just even when she was living us her and i would play little joking games in the house and just start cracking jokes and dawn just like at there were times where she's like oh my god are you guys ever going to stop because it's in <laughs> that we're in that mode where the jokes are just so bad but we just keep going and um and Queenie owns it she does she's like
0: whatever I don't care if you
1: don't understand my reference or you don't think I'm funny yeah I I think that's probably one of my favorite parts is the fact that she has the most obscure references you know it's not just stuff from the 80s I mean she's going back to the 1880s with some of her references and
0: well and she's all over the place some of it is so 2021 that I'm like huh what (laughs) because I really try right to keep up and at least know and I'm like Huh? What is that? But but invariably when she does that we'll go to a commercial break and we'll get a dozen emails from people saying, "Oh my god, Queenie, I totally got that. You're so funny." Whereas, you know, the other four members of the show are like silent. We're like, "Okay, Rob, do something next uh, because we don't get that, and but people are getting it, and it it is it's such a great chemistry. All right, so we gotta do the speed round. Okay, we gotta wrap this up. Okay, so we're gonna go we're gonna go to the big one here. Okay, the one that I wanted you to try. This is a uh, it's it's a brand called uh, Cavalan whiskey. Now, it's very specifically the sherry oak version okay, because they've got another sherry there's a sherry cask version which I've had and is not as good okay this one again our third friend on the drunken night had and said it might be the best whiskey he's ever had (laughs) Um, it I don't know if that's true but it is so good that you had to try this before we ended this probcast with my speed round I made notes for the speed round because I was like all right we got to do some things here with Gary. But first, got to take a sip and tell me what you think. And and be honest, like usual. Don't be nice.
1: I can definitely taste the oak more so in that. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more dry. Like with the Macallan, the sherry oak yep. and the Macallan was a little bit sweeter. So I definitely noticed a difference between the two. Um, but that is really smooth. Uh I don't want to say it, it's not flavorless, obviously, because it tastes like mm-hmm. you can definitely taste the flavors in there. But that is a
0: really solid. That's a really solid whiskey. Let it open the over the ice too. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. Got some notes here. Okay. Best sitcom ever. Seinfeld. Not Cheers. Uh, no, no. I, I mean Cheers
1: in the running. One hundred percent. Cheers has got to be number two in my book. Okay. Yeah. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <laughs> You know what? I'm going to say yes because of the fact that there is a Christmas tree. He yeah, says, "Ho, wrong. ho, ho!"
0: That is wrong. He is there for a Christmas party. It's an action movie that's set at Christmas. You don't really believe this. It, Home Alone's not a Christmas movie either. Sure, it is. Oh my god! Do do all Christmas store movies have to be sweet and have a no have a a, a wonderful life ending to him. You can you you can take any movie and place it at Christmas time, it doesn't become a Christmas movie. So is a Christmas is a is a Christmas vacation, a Christmas movie. Of course it is. The entire thing is about Christmas. They start by getting a Christmas tree, they end by burning the Christmas tree down. They see the star. Die Hard is not about Christmas, it's about saving the world or LA. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> You're right. just wrong on that. Okay. okay. Fair. Follow up best die hard movie.
1: I would have to say Live Free or Die Hard, the basically die hard four. Um but the close competitor is number three. Yeah. Yeah. And Those are the two. And I, I still love number one. I'll watch number one anytime it's on. Um I would say
0: number five is my least favorite. Ugh, and terrible. then
1: number two is my second least favorite.
0: But yeah. But you put you put Die Hard close enough. To Die Hard three that it's still in the running, hundred percent. Because to me, there's a big separation. I think four and three, yeah, are just the best. Yeah, those two are just absolutely amazing. But. and I know we'll text each other. Yeah. Which, which I, this is a whole other stupid phenomenon. Let's we'll talk about why we watch shows that are on TV with commercials or that we have on DVR we own or I don't understand that. Yeah. All, all right, right.
1: Hard's on 5:20 in 10 minutes.
0: Right? Exactly. That's what we'll do. Especially during the pandemic, although that made sense. It was yeah. like we needed something to do. Best quarterback of all time. Uh Joe Montana still. Come on. How come on? Look, I love Joe Montana, but Tom, all right. Tom Brady's 1-7. I know Joe Montana never lost any. That might be the whiskey talking, more so than anything, but you're right. I actually, if I take it back, I would have to say that Tom Brady is the best. And this kills me to say this, yeah, because I want to make the argument for Joe Montana. But yeah. I think this is a different question, which we texted about this recently. Best NFL player of all time. Oh, man. Because to me, I throw
1: out brady and montana they're not even in my top two for best player of all time i go right away to jerry rice so i i go jerry rice walter payton is also very high on my list as well jim brown jim brown you can't you definitely can't count him out um yeah i mean between those three guys it's it's there's there's it's i mean i'm sure there's a few more we could add into there but uh, joe namath should never be anywhere near (laughs) that list he shouldn't even be near the best was, of the
0: quarterbacks. Who was even saying that? No, the guy over there in the corner said it. You ass. <laughs> um, okay, so I I heard this. Oh my god. Oh, driving back from Las Vegas, Christina tortured me for a second time with the Bill Burr prod prod podcast. Whatever the fuck he calls it. This one is one he does with a partner. It's awful. It, it, I love Bill Burr. All deference to Bill Burr, but he should not be podcasting. And this was terrible. Um, And fortunately, she turned it off after 12 minutes. But they had a great premise of a conversation, he and whoever he was on with. So we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of sports. So you got four, four only. We're not expanding Mount Rushmore. Nope. Okay. It's the Mount Rushmore of sports, the four greatest professional athletes. So you have to first start by deciding who's the best at each sport and then whittling down who's the better of the best to go on Mount Rushmore. So they, they started with, with an interesting list. I'm doing this from memory, but I believe it was Jordan. Yeah. He's being, he would be the first face on which, the mountain, which for to sure. me, that's a given Yeah, the, the basketball one to me is not even a discussion. No. Um, I get the Wilt and, and Bill Russell arguments, I do not get the LeBron argument at all. I'm sorry, but if you're just bouncing from dream team to dream team, you're not the best of all no. time. You know what I mean? Just, and and Kobe, Kobe was great, but it's Jordan. Yeah, okay, hundred percent. So they had Jordan, they had they had Gretzky, which they argued about for hockey because I think Bobby Orr is arguably better. Yeah. Um, they threw in Serena, which you can't discount. Tennis as a sp- I, mean, I mean, I discount tennis as a sport. Yeah, yeah, but. I mean Mount Rushmore level. I mean certainly Serena is like, oh my god, but eh. but how you not? How do you in that
1: case then not count in like uh, Rafael Nadal right now as well, right? Or Roger Federer,
0: two guys that absolutely own their sports as well. And so and then and they had then they argued over Tiger versus Jack, which I mean Jack's still the king. Yeah, and as much as we all want to see Tiger keep coming back, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know that they belong on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and, and they 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 did they missed baseball entirely. Oh, geez. So so Mount Rushmore of sports. So we we agree on Jordan. He's first. Yeah. Okay. Baseball, right? Because we're gonna do we're gonna do the big four, aren't we? Hundred percent. Yeah. You can't.
1: Yeah. I is wouldn't it, include tennis. I wouldn't include bowling. I wouldn't include golf. Golf, even right? at this matter. I mean, Tiger's amazing. He completely changed the game, and is truly what the pga is all about
0: now they literally but changed every golf hundred percent yeah. yeah
1: and even the prize funds all changed everything was like everything two hundred thousand dollar prize funds before tiger joined in or for first place and now you can't find a tournament that pays under a million dollars for first place
0: anymore and we'll we'll meet back here in five years because i'll still be doing this and yeah. so will your wife yeah we'll see where the game's at where tiger is because if they don't find a new tiger they're screwed sports in general i'm gonna go off topic here
1: sports in general needs drama right now i do not like the fact that everybody has to like everybody we need we need fighting back in hockey we need to see the we need to see the real good pitcher batter duels in baseball and not a guy getting thrown out because he threw inside when a guy's standing on top of the plate um golf as well you know I know the real drama,
0: this DeChambeau, Brooks right. Kepka thing. No, who
1: cares? No, but you it, need a star too. yes. I a mean, real star like Jack and Arnie went at each right. other. Right. And I don't know that they weren't friends off the course. And we started getting that with Phil and Tiger as well. Right. And then they became buddies at the end, which is I think that's fair. You know, you can become friends with your enemies at sure. some point later in life. But we need that. We we need that in all of sports right now. It is just getting to be so boring where you go and hug the guy from the other team for playing a great game
0: when he just kicked your ass by 50 points. No. No, that's that whole Little League thing, right? The good game, good game, good game thing. But we all, we didn't say good game. We no. said, you know, go fuck your mother <laughs> as we were high-fiving people. Um, and, and I don't know where that's going to land. Yeah. It, it, but it has to change, hopefully, the it, way you said. Yeah. So if we put Jordan up yep. from basketball... We and we're going to do the big four. We're going to do baseball, basketball, hockey, football. Yep, right. That's yeah. that's Mount Rushmore. Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. So Jordan's there for basketball. Hundred percent. So we football. We kind of we don't know. Maybe Jerry Rice. I bet it would be. It's, it's not. It's not Tom Brady. No. It's not. It's not a quarterback at all. No. It's
1: and it's not a defensive player. It, it's it's Rice. It, I would say Jim Brown or Jerry Rice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Baseball. Baseball, I almost want to go back to the old days, right? Just because I absolutely want to go back because the, the game was so different then. Right. You got a guy like instantly you could go to Babe Ruth just based on the legend of the name. Right. But you got to think about guys like um, Cy Young, who pitched over. He had what? Over 800 decisions in his career. His record was like 511 and 343 mm-hmm. or something. So it's just like you don't see a guy that's ever going to have 800 decisions in his career anymore, and that to me
0: is just incredible, the fact that he pitched that much. Do we compensate also for the times they played in like Ted Williams, who was a spectacular player who had half his career taken away from him. Oh, by the war, but yeah, it's... he went to go serve the country because yeah. I always thought Ted Williams was easily one of the five best players in sure. history, Yeah, but it gets stolen from him. Kind of like Ben Hogan in golf. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, but that's kind of how it works. Yep. Um, but if it's, I mean, it, to me, baseball still does seem a hundred years later. Like it's Babe Ruth. Yeah, it's, He especially now in the age of, and I always mispronounce this guy from the Angels, Shohei. Oh yeah, uh, my God, yeah, this guy, the guy plays both sides of the plate, pitcher or pitcher, and he's right now as we record this leading the league in home runs. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he's a pitcher and a pretty goddamn good one too. This is unreal. That's like Babe Ruth's legacy. So to me, it seems like Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah.
1: When you look at somebody that plays on both sides of the field, uh, it's. Um. well I guess actually everybody does in football and baseball but uh, somebody that pitches and can also hit is so rare it feels like that yeah I mean Babe Ruth he's part of the reason why the game is so big today as well and that's that's
0: the other part that I want if you're actually going to do Mount Rushmore do you have, also have to do influence on the game I think so which is why going back to football I lean more on Jim Brown yeah and Jordan is still clearly, I, I know I get the Wilt and Bill Russell thing, but Jordan is still, he's the guy that transformed the NBA into mainstream. But yeah, the NBA is not where it is today because
1: of Wilt and Bill Russell. It's where it is today because of Michael Jordan. So if
0: we go to the fourth sport, though, are we wrong, the fourth head, are we wrong to say it's hockey? Should it be Muhammad Ali? Should we just eliminate the hockey argument? Even, I mean, boxing's dead for now. I don't know if it'll come back, but my God, do we, how do you not put Muhammad Ali on Mount Rushmore?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, it's really, that's a great question. Uh, This is why I host these shows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You asked questions I wasn't intending to answer today and now I have to think. That's why I didn't tell you ahead of time. Jesus, man. You can text me later. I won't tell anybody, but you know, no, I, 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 I have a hard time putting boxing in the, in the top because Muhammad Ali,
0: but it's not boxing. It's Mount Rushmore. of sports. Okay, it is um I don't know what Teddy Roosevelt's doing on Mount Rushmore to be honest with you, but that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, We can do that on a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I I I like the
1: idea of Ali, but I have a hard time leaving hockey out as a
0: uh, out of Mount Rushmore. Would it be Gretzky or? Orr? It would probably Orr Lemieux. Be, it would probably be Bobby Orr. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. You redeemed yourself from that earlier. And the mistake. guy played.
1: The guy played it in, uh, without a face mask, for God's sakes. Yeah, and I, I Gretzky, I thought it was a puss.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but he had a hot daughter. Okay, last one. <laughs> Best stand-up comedian. So you can mm. do this two ways. You can do this now. Or you can do it all time. I've got answers for both. I, see, I, most people
1: might not even know who my all-time favorite stand-up comedian is because he's so old. How can he be that good then? It was Sam Kennison. I
0: absolutely loved Sam Kennison back in the '80s, and I, I just so Sam Kennison to me, feels like the guy who never got the chance to be the best.: yeah I love loved Sam Kennison. 100 percent, and the fact that he died long before the peak of his career is tragic to comedy, but I can't because of that, I can't put him. As the best of all time, his his writing was so amazing, oh. though, and he, his presentation. Uh, yeah, I don't care. He screamed. See, Kevin Hart bothers me when he screams. Yeah, Sam Kinison never did. Nope. And it's not a racial thing. It's 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 a presentation thing. Yeah. Um. And I, I think that most people
1: are not going to agree with Sam Kinison in this day and age, at least, because of how
0: controversial his material was. Even way yeah, back then, that's what made it so great, right? It was, yeah. See, so all time, I I stay, I I have been stuck on, and I stick with George Carlin. Too smart, too too um, too much staying power, too. Right, his yeah. it, it, the stuff that he was doing in the early '90s that still applies now, thirty years later. Yeah, 20, 30 years, whatever especially like about global warming, environmentalism, it's, it's staggering how, how intelligent that was. Oh no,
1: I completely agree with you on that as well. And I, Carlin is definitely very, very high on my list as well. And, you know, I think I found Sam Kennison before I found Carlin. And so I think that's probably why, um, Kennison is higher on my list as he was the one that really got me
0: more to want to find out more about stand-up comedy. Um, okay. So if we stay old school before we get current, who else is on that list? See, I, I, I was a little late to the party on, say, guys like Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is very high on my list. He's I, great. I
1: still love his material to this day. Um, old material, obviously.
0: Yeah. and, and um, you can't, I don't think you can qualify guys like Johnny Carson as a stand-up comedian. He was no. a different genre, right? Totally different, yeah. Um, or not genre, but a different field. So if you stay old school guys, the list starts to trim If you if you really get critical with it. So who else is there with Kinnison and and Carlin? Um I honestly I mean, do we do we discuss Bill Cosby? I never really liked Bill Cosby as a comedian. I you know what I found eh? his I found his
1: comedy to be family friendly and fun. Yeah. He's He sold what he needed to do to become famous, which in comedy, you have to have family friendly material. Yeah. Um, I did see him live in concert once uh, back in the 80s. He was performing actually at the state fair one year in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was back when he was doing all of his. uh, I think he'd think it was right when he'd written his uh, jokes about the dentist and, oh, the the and trying to talk with your mouth all yeah. numbed up. Oba Yeah. Oba Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, Google so. it. <laughs> so I did see him. Um, I really like from an older school perspective as well. I will still watch Eddie Murphy raw
0: oh, on, on TV. Okay. Absolutely. And so, you know, and Robin Williams, Robin Williams, a hundred percent who I saw live in yeah. San Francisco with my dad. Um. yeah Eddie Murphy Robin Williams those are two great ones to throw in there for sure old school and I've seen I saw Chris Rock downtown Sacramento at
1: uh, oh. Punchline which was just amazing I loved really still like Chris Rock's comedy
0: um, I think he, he's pretty relevant yeah he gets a little lost in the shuffle for me he he was so great in the 90s mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not not great now but it seems like he went through some type of transition that I'm still going through with him or something. I don't know how to explain that. But that's a great transition to best working modern day comedians. Which I've got my three. Well, actually I've got my four because the fourth is so controversial. So in no particular order, that's not true at all. My number one is Ricky Gervais. Okay, yep. And then the other three are like tied. Chappelle, Joe Rogan, and Louis C.K., And I know Louis C.K. is like, oh, my God, you can't say that. We're going to cancel you kind of thing. But even his his attempt at a comeback, which has not worked. I mean, he has his followers and I'm one of them online. and He's doing it. it, the, The comedy is still so great. Yeah. And had he not had those terrible indiscretions and everything, I thought he was set out to be like the next version of maybe not George Carlin, but he had 30 more years of dominating. Yeah. But those are the first four that come to my mind.
1: Yeah, I would um, I would 100% agree on Chappelle. I do like Joe Rogan more as he's getting into his podcast more. Um, to me, hes I don't always remember him as being a comedian. He's been that guy that's just hosted different shows, et cetera, right? Fear Factor. Fear Factor,
0: and then he went right into the uh, UFC, right? And, See, and I um, like him most, as a stand-up comedian, okay, and second as the UFC guy because yeah. my wife and I watch that. I I don't really like his podcasts.
1: Yeah, I haven't listened to his podcasts
0: at all. The I ones I've
1: heard, I'm like, eh. Okay. There's very few podcasts I have any interest in. Quite honestly, as I we just,
0: sit here and do a podcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, I,
1: it just, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Actually, I, I get it. Um, but uh, yeah. So current working, I definitely like him. I'm really surprised you didn't say Bill
0: Burr because I know you're a big Bill Burr guy. He'd be fifth. For okay. sure, I, I do. I do like Bill Burr. It, it, absolutely, he would be. He would be in the five if I wasn't ranking them. What Louis C.K. just literally occurred to me. I think if I had a list of working comedians, I mean, since I have tickets to go see Bill Burr in November, obviously he's on the list. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's he's never disappointed, and he's so. And you know what's so friggin' annoying about his podcast is that Bill Burr is one of the few that is so great. Improvising on stage and dealing with hecklers. Yeah, um, which reminds me of another one that that he just doesn't quite make the top five for me, which is Jim Jeffries. Yeah, I was I, for him, Jim Jeffries. I like um, pro- probably
1: catch Flack for this, but I also like Jim Gaffigan as well. Yeah,
0: no, Gaffigan does some good stuff.
1: Yeah, and it, for me, it's a lot of his presentation that is so funny. Um, I, his jokes are actually really funny too. But yeah. um, he has
0: that. He has some sort of like simultaneous self deprecating yet arrogant style right yeah. that I've never been able to master at all yeah um and well and and kevin Hart, i actually a couple of Kevin Hart's stand up specials are two of my favorite specials of all time, but I still don't quite qualify him for some reason as that okay I guess I, maybe I put him in that he's more of something else like a movie star
1: that's 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 my whole understanding as well or or that's how I feel about him as well is that for me. He has is, he is always been a movie star, and now he's trying to... And if, if, if he did comedy before and then went into movies, but I never learned of him as a comedian beforehand, then that's on me. But for me, my interpretation of him is he is a movie star first, and then... Whatever he does, second. And so I don't even think I've seen any of his stand up comedy. And I would not even, I would never have even considered him for my first
0: stand up piece. So you haven't seen like even his Netflix stuff? Uh, not that like I can remember, no. Self. So what's interesting, this just occurred to me, is we've gone through this five minute conversation and neither one of us has mentioned somebody that I've seen four times and I would pay any amount of money to see again. And I know you love him. Paula Poundstone? No, but so close. Jerry Seinfeld.
1: Oh, yeah. Who I think is just i would brilliant. In, I would instantly pay money to see
0: him have again as well. Have you seen him live? I uh, have not seen him live oh, yet. Oh, my God. And, and he's so good. Yeah. And I know you're a fan of, we're both a fan of the show, but he's so good live. I mean, he, he's a different type, obviously. I, I I don't think, I think I've heard him use two curse words in four or five, because I can't remember live shows that I've seen him. But I have never had my mouth hurt more. From I've had it so hurt hard. as much from laughing so hard, and it's been at the ones we've already mentioned, Gervais and yeah. and Rogan and. and but uh, he he's so funny. But we didn't put him in the first group or the second group. No, you know what? I'm, and maybe it's
1: because of. For me, it might be because of his last special that he did that was on that he recorded. Um, is that during or before the pandemic? I don't remember. I remember it came out during the pandemic. Yeah, the one that came out during the pandemic. Yeah. And I'm watching it and I'm going, oh, well, you use that joke in the opening of one of your Seinfeld episodes, right? Oh, yeah. And, and for me, I understand that to be a great comedian, you need to repeat your material every single night. And, but if you're doing a second tour coming out again, bring new material. That, and I understand how hard it is to do that. It's hard for somebody just to perfect five minutes of material, let alone a full hour of material. But for me, that I thought that was the part where probably he fell a little bit farther on my list is because of the fact that he is using he's recycling his jokes, which is fine, because a lot of the new people have not or younger people have never heard of him, heard the jokes before. But like I said, I'm like looking at I'm like going, yeah, you use that as one of your opening jokes in one of your Seinfeld episodes. Right. And (laughs) and so I just. Yeah, as much as I as much as I love stand up comedy, I get to a point where I just can't watch the same comedy over and over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. And and, uh, Rogan's going to be in Sacramento in September and we have tickets to go. And I'm curious to see because it's the same tour name that he was using before the pandemic. Oh, and if he dares to show up with the same material like he didn't spend the last year and a half actually writing new material that's going to do the the, the same effect to me and I I was talking to somebody recently about Seinfeld who was saying God I really hope that he doesn't oh maybe this was on the air. We were talking about it, that he doesn't like fade off slowly into the distance in a painful way. Mm -hmm. And and I and my predict he will. Yeah. He won't be Don Rickles, who Mm -hmm. right up until the day he left us was Don Rickles and hysterical. I can see the potential decline in Seinfeld, which I don't want to watch. Well, to me, Don Rickles is always
1: more of an improv comedian as well. He could respond to any situation very quickly. He was the best to me at handling hecklers as well, and um, it, yeah, I, I don't see Seinfeld being that guy though. I really don't see him being the guy that can nope. do comedy into his 80s and be relevant all the way up until then.
0: And I'm and I'm I'm wondering about to the future of stand-up comedy because it, it, they so many of them from let's see Seinfeld, Kevin Hart, Chris Rock though I know those three for sure have come out and said we can't do comedy anymore. We, we, it, because everybody's canceling everybody and everybody's offended. And so what the hell is comedy actually going to look like moving forward? And I don't know. I'm not in. I mean, there's so many out there. I, Netflix and everything is you can't watch all of them. It's like, I don't know who's going to be the next person that actually comes out and does real comedy. There's going to it's going to happen. There's going to be that there's going to be that break,
1: right? The, the pressure's getting too tight. Something's going to break and somebody is going to absolutely break through with some very good comedy that's probably gonna offend a lot of people and we're probably gonna get back to that point. Well, you're just gonna have to learn to deal with it.
0: And so, does that bring us all the way back to that's what's gonna happen with the country? The pendulum is gonna swing back? Are we, as we continue to move, because so many people are worried about where we're headed, are we going to hit that breaking point and we're gonna swing back and go, yeah, no, we're, we're done being this woke. There's a level of wokeness, that's great. But we're done being this politically correct, this sensitive, this cancelly, etc. Yeah, I think I honestly think so. And it's getting close to that point, in my opinion,
1: because of the fact that when somebody like Joy Behar, who is so far to the right is or sorry, so far to the left is getting blasted for telling a joke on her show about the guy from the Raiders that just came out. Oh, yeah. And it's like, wait. She's on your side, but you guys are completely Blasting her now
0: for making a joke About something that, I mean it wasn't a funny Joke in the first place, that's what you should have been more Offended about. And what was it uh, Do you remember what the joke, so this guy from the Raiders came out He's the the first active NFL player To be gay, and her Joke was something about Him The way he dresses or decorates It was some gay
1: stereotype, right? It it, it was about tight ends in the end zone
0: Oh god, that's right, it was even worse Yeah, yeah yeah, well, you're right. So that's not funny. It was like an entry
1: level joke, quite
0: honestly. Yeah, and and but by that group's standards, that is completely unallowable. Mm-hmm. And yet she said it, and so it, it raises all sorts of questions yeah. about hypocrisy and and what's going to be tolerated. It, it, yeah, and we're, I mean we're seeing it left, right, and center happen, and now as well,
1: where, you know. But, the people that are trying to set the rules Are breaking the rules And now they're getting in trouble But they don't want to get in trouble Because they're such a good person But no, you're not really a good person And it it the, it is going to break I don't know if the pendulum's going to swing so much As if it's going to just break and fall And then we all need to figure out How do we reset it back to the middle
0: Yeah, well, we've talked on the air for a couple of years now About this jersey-wearing thing Of, oh, so you're a Republican, I agree with you Or you're a Democrat, <laughs> I hate you This is this is not sustainable. No, no. And and and
1: judging people on a single topic is also completely unacceptable as well.
0: Right. Well, and and again, COVID, right? If you wear a mask, you're a liberal Democrat. If you don't, you're you voted for Trump, which all of that's fucking ridiculous. Right. None of that makes any sense. None of it. But that is the, the dogma. And that is the action. That's the far end of the absolute
1: absurdity of how of where it's going right now as well. Right. You know, abortion used to be a topic where it's obviously a, a very sensitive topic and a lot of people don't talk about it. But abortion is one of those where if you are for abortion, you're a liberal. If you're against abortion, you're a, Christian, you're a Republican. Yeah. Right. And, and also a, a wacko right wing Christian. And, yes. an, and a wacko yes. right wing Christian. But now we're getting to the point where it's ridiculous, stupid things like wearing a mask. It's like,
0: come on, we can do better than this as people. And you still believe we will. I think we will. Yeah. So that's an optimistic note on end on, to end on since you're an optimistic person and, and I'm not. So that's cool. <laughs> that's a good place. And thank well, you I, for doing I this. I with disagree me. with you on that. I, I knew you would. How, by the way. Uh, so so you got to try the the Cavalan one more time. Yeah. Now it's been ice. Mm. I still think it's so good. Yeah, that is that is very easy drinking. That is amazing. Which I did I did bring out. We didn't get to it because we have to be somewhat restrained. But I did bring out the 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 five hundred bottle of a dollar bottle of Mictors, uh which we bought because of billions, and which has only been drunk that night with you and our other friend, and still has the broken cork in it. That was from, my fault. From, oh, was that your fault? That was my fault. I went to get some, and somehow the oh, cork broke.
1: Off. I was wondering how that <laughs> happened. Okay, so we, we actually, have a. We, we, we've aged it with a broken cork. So that that's only been, that was only drank that night. We drank quite yeah. a bit of that, actually. I have never touched it. That's wow. right.
0: Yes, that's, so the three of us drank half a bottle. Okay. Which would explain how milk wound up in your mictors yeah. uh, that and night. And that was late in the evening, too. So. Yes. No, that came out at the end. Yeah. For obvious reasons. So yeah. we'll have to have him back and maybe finish off the bottle. Yeah. And start over again. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. All right. Next time, Bye. Bye. Did you enjoy this episode of the Rad Probcast? Send an email to rad@radradio.com. at radradio.com. A new episode of the Probcast premieres anytime Rob feels like doing one.